It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That is our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch our show and subscribe to our show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also check out the podcast free and available wherever you listen to all of your favorite podcasts. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss a single edition of the show. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where on Friday's show, I'll be back to answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me, or DM me on Twitter at Julian Count to participate. And guys, go ahead, get those questions in. The combine's going on, which means I will answer your draft questions. But don't be like, hey, who should the Panthers take in the fourth round? Be creative with it. Give good questions. Don't just be like, hey, what should they do at nine? I don't know. But ask good questions. I'll answer your draft questions this week, considering that the NFL scouting combine is going on in Indianapolis. And that actually is pertinent information. And of course, anything about free agency. I will answer those questions. So at me or DM me over there on Twitter in order to have that happen tomorrow. This episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. All right, Scott Fitter, the Panthers general manager, and Frank Reich, the Panthers head coach, were both at the podium on Wednesday afternoon in Indianapolis as the NFL scouting combine is going on, and all you draft nerds are getting everything that you want. On Saturday, we're going to see Will Levis, C.J. Stroud, and Anthony Richardson all spin the pill before the eyes of all the NFL world, where I'm sure you and you, and you, and all of you will decide which guy you think the Carolina Panthers should either give up the entire house for or who you would want to sell your home for and want to leave and go to a new town and find a new team if they take that guy. So all that's going to happen this week is an exciting week. It's an opportunity for the team to sit there and actually talk to the individuals. How concerned should they be about them doing workouts in their underwear and how fast they're on a 40? I don't think all that concerned. Obviously, measurables are important. We've heard all that conversation about Bryce Young, and we see the speed and athleticism. Those are all things that you want to find out about those players in this setting. Now, Scott Fitterer did say, back during the interviews, that this was a position for the Panthers this year in free agency to go out there and in the draft to go out there and get some dynamic type of playmakers. Could that be someone that they meet this week in Indianapolis? They met Iki Aquano a year ago, and of course, he's now here as a starting left tackle after being the sixth overall pick out of NC State a year, nearly a year ago for the Carolina Panthers. But the focus, it's on quarterbacks. And we talked about on yesterday's episode, the Carolina Panthers were set to meet with Derek Carr, the former Las Vegas Raiders quarterback, who is now a free agent and is looking for a new home. He spoke with the Panthers, the Saints, and the Jets on Tuesday and Wednesday in Indianapolis as he tries to figure out next week where he'll be headed, where the Carolina Panthers are set to meet with him again over the phone on Monday afternoon. And important note, 
David Tepper, the Panthers owner, also was in that meeting room on Tuesday with Derek Carr. Now, as far as it goes with Derek Carr, I know there's people out there who have no interest whatsoever in Derek Carr being the quarterback here in Carolina. And I would not say I'm necessarily in that camp. I'm not a huge fan of the Panthers going down that road. There's a good point that Frank Reich brought up during his press conference that Carr is 32. So he's right there in the meat of the prime of his NFL career, and he's probably got five good years left. And looking at this roster, if you can get good, get five good years of David, Derek Carr, you can be a team that can go to the playoffs annually. But are you going to be a team that's going to Super Bowl? And that's what we're really trying to do here. He's a known commodity. You know what he is and what he's not. And what he is is a capable starting quarterback who I think is good. What he's not is one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL and someone who I think can carry a team to the Lombardi Trophy. Not meaning that you cannot win one with him. I just have a hard time seeing that being a reality for Derek Carr, whether he lands in Carolina, New York, New Orleans, or wherever in the NFL. He's just not that guy, and we've seen that through his nine-year career in the NFL. Part of the reason why Josh McDaniels and the Las Vegas Raiders decided, hey, let's move on and find someone else here. Now, the five-year thing, that sounds great. What the Carolina Panthers need to do is identify somebody for the next 10 years, next 15 years, ideally. Now, it's not always going to work out. You can get a quarterback that can look great and make it up and retire on you. Ask Frank Reich what happened with Andrew Luck after his first year in Indianapolis. You can get a guy who looks great, and then their body just breaks down, and they're not the same guy anymore, Cam Newton. So it's not always as simple as you draft a guy, and they're going to be there for 10, 15 years. But that is certainly the hope for whoever the Carolina Panthers potentially draft, either at nine, if they move up to five, three, or one. Whoever they take in the first round, if they take someone in the first round, a quarterback, that is the hope which is why I'm just not in love with the whole Derek Carr idea. I do think he's a better player than Baker Mayfield. I do think he's a better player than Sam Darnold. But we need to look towards the future and not just next year or the year after that, year after that. Like, not just the next five years. What about the next 10, 15 years? That is what the focus should be here in Carolina. But I still felt like it's a smart, prudent thing to do to talk to Derek Carr, to keep all of your options open. And Scott Fitterer and Frank Reich both agree which has me feeling like these guys actually have the right process and not the perfect process because nothing's perfect, but they have the right frame of mind in trying to identify that quarterback because they have to get it right. And Scott said all of that, saying in an ideal world, you always want to draft a quarterback, develop him, and then have him here for five to ten years. That is the right route to go. He said, we'll see if we can get in that position and get one of those guys, whether it be in the first round or second round. But there's, it's not wrong to look at a veteran. But if you can do it in an ideal world, it is going to draft and develop that guy at quarterback, not to go down the Sam Darnold route, not the Teddy Bridgewater route, not the Baker Mayfield route, not even the Derek Carr route, which I think is a better route than those, and even Matthew Stafford, who they had a deal in place for before he decided, actually, I want to go to L.A. to go win a Super Bowl with Sean McVay, which absolutely worked out for him. But ideally, get a quarterback. And I've been someone the last couple offseason where I haven't necessarily been like, all right, you got to get a quarterback. 2021, which was the last deep quarterback class as we've seen been okay uh Trevor Lawrence got to the playoffs has turnover issues but I think he's gonna be a good player Zach Wilson god awful uh Trey Lance no idea Justin Fields think he's gonna be good just gotta come along passing wise and then Mac Jones okay I don't know so one of them is really like the answer feels like long-term in Jacksonville 
And then a couple of them are one of them's definitely not the answer anywhere in the league. And then the others is still kind of TBD. So we have no idea. Now, if it's going to work out with Will Levis out of Kentucky, Anthony Richardson out of Florida, uh, Bryce Young out of Alabama, three SEC guys, and then CJ Stroud out of the Ohio State University. I have no idea if it's going to work out, but I would like to try. Back in 2021, I was like, Panay Sewell, we riot. Like, get your pitchforks, meet me outside of 800 South Mint, and let's burn this mother down if Panay Sewell's sitting there at eight and his team does not get him. That worked out a year later where they got Ikea Kwanu, and I was totally fine with that draft pick, and I was totally fine with J.C. Horn as well. I just had not sat there and wanted the Panthers to get a quarterback. I wanted them to build the roster overall. And when you look at it now, they've done that. Now, I would have preferred had they just stuck with Bridgewater and rode that out and built a team around him and not gone out and given up assets for a player who wasn't good in Sam Darnold and then to do another move, the panic, and try and bring Matt Corral to see, oh, maybe that's the answer. And then Baker was necessary, but obviously that did not work out, didn't give up too much. I didn't want to watch the quarterback carousel. I was fine, content to watching Teddy Bridgewater be Teddy Bridgewater, which is what he was in 2020, but apparently that pissed y'all right off. And fine, feel that way. But he did not do anything in that season that I did not ex- expect him to do. Now, going 0 for 8 in those game-tying, winning drive situations in the fourth quarter, that's not good. And I can see why you'd want to move on, mainly David Tepper, who kind of blew up things here as far as the patience required for the quarterback position in building this roster that you basically tore down and guys also retired and left following the 2019 season that ended in Robert Vera being fired before four weeks left in the season and things not being all the way great. Like when Colin Jones is leaving, <laughs> you know, you got a whole hell of a rebuild when he's like just a special teams guy. So for me now, after the last couple off seasons where it's kind of like, just build the roster, build the roster, they built the defense. Sure, there's some spots to get to figure out, but they built the offensive line to where now you don't have to worry about this quarterback getting killed like he would have in 2021. And in 2020, had you gone out there and drafted somebody, now they come behind what I think is one of the better offensive lines in the NFL. And you can go out there and get them another wide receiver and figure out what you're going to do in the running back position, which we're going to get to here in a moment as well. This roster is a much better place. And it's not just that. Because Scott Peter was asked about, hey, taking on a potential project. And when people hear that, the thought is Anthony Richardson out of Florida. What he said about the staff is he feels like no matter who they take, they have the right people in the room to help protect a quarterback and develop them and get them to the point where they need to be. Even if they're thrusting there earlier than they want, they have guys who can game plan around that quarterback's strengths and weaknesses, which is going to happen no matter who the quarterback is, just because that's just the nature of most rookie quarterbacks in the NFL. They have the right idea. He also said they have conviction. If you have conviction, go up there and get the guy. They're not concerned about what they have to give up to get the five with Seattle or three with Arizona or one with Chicago. If they love that player, they're going to go out there and get him. And he said the same thing last year. If you like a guy, this is the point in time where you can take that shot. But they did not not like, they didn't even love anyone a year ago, rightfully so, and it took Iki Aquano, which made more sense. I feel like Scott Fitterer, David Tepper, Frank Reich, this organization has the right mindset heading into the next couple of weeks 
as they try to find a quarterback. Their philosophy is exploring every option and figuring out what's best for the Carolina Panthers moving forward. Not this year, not next year, but moving forward in totality. That's what they're focused on, that they're going to exhaust every option to figure out how they can get the right quarterback and not just put a patch on it like a Sam Darnold, like your Baker Mayfield. They're looking for their guy, and they're not trying to cut corners anymore. Thank you, God. Now, Scott Fitter also had a ton of other interesting things to say about free agency and also some of the Panthers' needs heading into the next couple weeks as free agency opens up. And, of course, we head into the draft next month. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. But before we do that, let's talk about our brand-new sports betting partner right here on Locked on Podcast Network. It is FanDuel, the midway point of the NBA season, is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drain, plus FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance. Get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It really does feel like now that Matt Rule's gone, <laughs> that the Carolina Panthers finally like are a serious organization. Like They finally have like a head coach in Frank Reich, who, yes, fine, it didn't work out in the end in Indianapolis, but he won when he had a quarterback. He won with Andrew Luck. He won with Phillip Rivers. He even was winning for a period of time with Carson Wentz, and things weren't terrible with Jacoby Brissett until he got injured and you know, last year, Matt Ryan, unmitigated disaster. But Frank Reich has the kind of temperament that you wanted a head coach. And Steve Wilkes had that as well. And that's why you saw the turnaround. But the staff that they've built with the experience of guys like Jim Caldwell and Dom Capers in there, Jero Averro calling this defense, who's next in line to be a head coach, Thomas Brown, and what he's going to provide. Just all the experience playing the game of football on the pro and collegiate level and also coaching it at this level I am so excited. And then even with Scott Fitter, as I broke down to y'all during the fall, look at some of the trades, how that worked out. You have to wonder who was pushing for that. Was it Matt Rule, who certainly was beaten on a table back in the summer for Baker Mayfield? Was it Rule who wanted it, or was it Fitter? Or was it David Tepper? I'm not going to exonerate Scott Fitter for the wrongs of the last two seasons. We're going to place most of that on Matt Rule and everything that's gone on. You're also going to put a lot of it on David Tepper as well, and his impatience after that 2020 season, how Teddy Bridgewater worked out and really didn't work out, I guess, for him, and what led to Sam and Baker and then the trading up for Matt Crow and all of that. We're not going to sit here and just wipe away those crimes 
<laughs> crimes, of course, you know, in quotes, like not really. We're going to move forward and we're going to focus on Scott Bitter, who now has control of the 53-man roster. And yes, there's always going to be a collaboration. And he said that. Frank Reich said that when he got there. And he said it again on Wednesday when speaking to the media in Indy, that there's going to be a collaboration between him, David Tepper. And he appreciated David Tepper being in the meeting room with Derek Carr as David Tepper should be, because this is going to be a massive deal for him to sign off on. If he wants to bring in Derek Carr, whoever they bring in here, Tepper is going to have to sign up, sign off on that. Now, I am someone who thinks that, hey, just sign the checks. But with that, I can understand it, especially when he got talked into Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield by Matt Rule. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me three times, can't get fooled again. So that's David Tepper right now here in Carolina, not trying to get fooled again and making sure that the guy he hired and he probably trusts and believes in, you know, you got to sit back there and be like, all right, hold on, hold on. Let me let me be there real quick, Scott, and make sure you're not going to mess this up for me because I'm not trying to wait another three damn years to get another coaching staff and try to figure things out, and you're probably next out the door anyways if this thing does not work out. So I have no problem with that. And I like the collaboration across the board because I think last week when um, Deuce Staley was talking to the media, he talked about how he was in there during the offensive coordinator interviews that they had with Thomas Brown and just how impressed he was. So it's not just Scott Bitter and Frank Reich and David Tepper. It's Dan Morgan. It's Samir Suleiman. It's Thomas Brown. It's Deuce Staley. It's everyone on this staff in that building there on 800 South Main Street in Uptown Charlotte all on the same page, moving in the right direction, which is what we need here in Carolina. Stability. Thank you. Please let this stay. All right, now Scott Fitter also had a couple of other important things to bring up as it pertains to free agency, which starts in two weeks, March 15th, a new league year here in the NFL. Now, Deontay Foreman, y'all already know how I feel about Foreman. I think he's a good player. I think it was a one-year, $3 million deal we talked about on Monday in our stay-or-go conversation, looking at guys that could be cut as cap casualties and guys that are free agents, mainly the top free agent priorities for the Carolina Panthers, and whether they should stay or go. And I said go with Deontay Foreman. But damn, was it hard when I saw what his value is on Spotrack or Spotrack. Again, no idea how to actually pronounce it. One year, about $3 million. I don't hate that. Now... It's not veteran minimum, which I think is what every running back should be making in the league. But it's not going to break the bank. And you can absolutely factor that in. No matter what happens with Deontay Foreman, who, by the way, Scott Fitterer said that he is a priority for them. That they would like to get a deal done. And they told Deontay Foreman that during exit interviews at the beginning of January, right after the season ended. So I don't find that surprising considering how he ran the football and how almost... In the last 12 games of the season, he ran for 1,000 yards. Almost did that. Like, he is a solid football player. Is he the best back in the NFL? No. But he's obviously good enough for what the Carolina Panthers want to do. And him and Chuba Hubbard, behind an offensive line, can provide cover for whoever that quarterback is this upcoming season. Whether it's a veteran like Derek Carr or if it's a rookie, which I think will be the case. He's good enough to help take the pressure off of that player which is what you need. You need a solid run game, and the Carolina Panthers already have it. So it's one of those things where it ain't broke. Why fix it? Good point. But also, hmm, can draft a guy for four years, get him on a cheap, and can probably get the same production that we got out of Deontay Foreman and Mike Davis over the last two to three seasons here in Carolina when McCaffrey was either gone or injured. 
But they want to bring back Foreman. I'm not vehemently against it. I'm not really all that against it because I do like the idea, but it's just, you know, I'm a principled man, and you really ain't got to spend money on a running back. But that's one of the priorities, and we'll see if it gets worked out. And Scott Fitter again said that it's got to work for us. It's got to work for him. We'll see. No matter what, that deal needs to be basically a one-year deal. If you sign him for three years, it better be basically a one-year deal. If you sign him for two years, it really needs to be a one-year deal. That's how running back deals should be if they're not been if not on the rookie contract. Take it year by year. See how it works out. Are you good this year? Okay, cool. But are you going to be good again next year? Because that's a position where your body gets worn down. And Foreman, he, he, he punishes people, but he also was punished late in that season when his rushing totals weren't necessarily like they were when he first took over as a starting running back here in Carolina. They're also working on a deal with Bradley Bozeman, which, as I mentioned on Monday, that is the top priority for me for the Carolina Panthers. You've got to bring back Bradley Bozeman. He also was integral in the rushing attack in the second half of the season for the Carolina Panthers, paving the way for Deontay Foreman, him and the rest of that offensive line that was awesome this year. Got to bring back your center. Rarely do you find a center on a free market like they did with Bradley Bozeman. Get him for that cheap and him be as quality of a player as he was this past season and has been in his five years in the NFL since leaving Alabama. That is massive. And now you have a chance to resign him. Get it done. Get the man his money. I know someone tweeted at me the other day about, hey, can we get like a lemonade stand for Bradley Bozeman? And I had said, just pay the man his money. I guess Bradley Bozeman's wife was uh, tagged in that and she liked it. So, hey, show me the money. Show Bradley the money. It's very simple. Uh, Brian Burns, that's also another thing I would love for them to get done as far as just opening up some cap space. Don't really get the sense that's going to happen right now. We'll see. But they they met with Brian Burns' agent recently, and there's no reason. I mean, he, and Scott Fitter reiterated when there was the the report. I think it was the Rams. I can't remember who it was that were giving up, willing to give up two first-round picks for Brian Burns that he said there's a reason why we didn't move him because he's one of the young up-and-coming defensive ends who can still add weight and more to his game and his arsenal. Why would we get rid of that guy? We need him. So Brian Burns, they're going to figure out a deal for him, I think, this offseason. It's just whether that happens before the new league year or right as it starts or later on heading towards the draft, we will see. And I have to think about last year, I think that the DJ Moore – and the Dante Jackson deals all were done right there in March. Let's see, Dante Jackson, as we're going to Google this live, um, I want to say when he got his contract, it was, in, it was March 19th. So Dante Jackson was March 19th, which is right when free agency started, and then DJ Moore was right around then, I believe, as well. So we'll see. I think it was a Saturday when I saw, I saw Dante Jackson's um Deal That was right before I was on a heart attack watching that Carolina Baylor game. So, yeah, if it happens, it'll happen very early on, and that would still allow – because there's there's multiple layers of free agency. Like, there's the first part where you sign guys like Austin Corbett, get that deal done, Xavier Woods, and then there's the second part where you, you know, get guys in like Bradley Bozeman and sign your players, like extend guys like a DJ Moore, and then re-sign guys like a Dante Jackson. Now, as far as needs go here in Carolina, the Carolina Panthers – certainly looking at this roster, have holes to fill. And we kind of know what those are. Scott Fitter will let us know what those were also on Wednesday afternoon. We'll get into that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Carolina Panthers, I don't think, are a quarterback away from being a Super Bowl contender because there's still plenty of holes on this roster, and you have to look at some of the mainstays. DJ Moore, Jeremy Chin, Brian Burns, Derek Brown. Now, you know, I call them mainstays. They haven't been around that long in the league, but they are going to be the foundational pieces on this roster. Throw J.C. Horn out there in there as well. And even Shaq Thompson, we'll see what his future is here in the next couple of weeks. None of them have had any sort of tangible winning success on the field in the NFL just yet. You have guys like Johnny Hecker, who's the punter, who's won a Super Bowl. You also have Austin Corbett at right guard, who's won a Super Bowl. And Bradley Bozeman in Baltimore, went to the playoffs, I think, every year, except for his final year when Lamar was injured. Those guys have had success. But the cornerstones on this roster have not. And it's just not as simple as you put a quarterback and those guys finally know how to win. And I'm not saying that they're not winners and that they can't win, but I don't think this team goes from from where they were, a 7-10 and 10 football team, so you add a quarterback, and then right there, they're searching for a Lombardi trophy. Now, if you throw in Aaron Rodgers, maybe, but uh, still, there is holes on this roster the Carolina Panthers need to fill. Now, I do think that they're a quarterback away from being a playoff team. And if you're in dance, then you, you know, by just participating, are a contender for the championship. But how true of a contender are you really? That's the whole thing I'm saying right now about the Carolina Panthers. But I do think if they get the right quarterback, they can be a playoff team here in 2023 and really should be a playoff team here in 2023 with this new coaching staff in Frank Reich here in Carolina. Now, as far as needs go, because Carolina Panthers, they got to figure these out, whether it's through in free agency or in the draft, got to figure them out. And Scott Federer was asked about this on Wednesday, saying that the first need he brought up was tight end. We had the conversation on Monday. Ian Thomas, that is a very logical cap casualty now it's not like he has a huge number but he's somebody who last year we all were scratching our heads honestly like swerving off the road when we found out that Ian Thomas was getting um an extension being re-signed by the Panthers like why what has he provided in his first four years at all and sitting here through five years and look no offense to Ian as as a man and but the player hasn't been worth the money and has not shown you what you need to see, and they certainly don't need to be paying a guy who's primarily a blocking tight end at this point in time the kind of money he's getting. Like Tommy Trimble, he can block. Pay him his third-year salary as a rookie drafted the third round. That's totally fine. But Ian Thomas, you don't need to do that. Tight end class out here as far as free agency goes, it's loaded. Dalton Schultz, Evan Ingram, um, you, you've heard of all before. Mike Kosicki, and then... Who's the other one? Hayden Hurst. We got four of those. Any, either one of those four, bring them to Carolina. I'm good. Eric Ebron probably is someone who's going to get an opportunity, whether it's just a camp invite or not. I have no idea. Bring him in, and I would even take a guy like Dalton Kincaid out of Utah in the second round, third round, wherever you can get him to come in and also be a pass-kicking tight end for the future here in Carolina. They have to address that, I think, primarily in free agency. Then in the draft, if you're going to take one, get someone who can catch the football and actually caught the football in college, unlike Tommy Trimble. 
Wide receiver, there was questions about Terrace Marshall, and Scott Fitter talked about how, you know, Terrace you, kind of came along slowly, and then, you know, we started to see him make some flash plays and get that confidence later on in the season. And I got a mailbag question about this a couple weeks ago about, hey, can Terrace Marshall be that wide receiver too? Sure. But are we going to trust that right now based off what we've seen through two seasons? I don't think we should. I don't think that's a smart thing to do. Not to say that he can't all of a sudden break out and be that guy. I just think that you need to have that shirt up with this new quarterback coming into Carolina, whether it's a veteran like Carr or that rookie, which, again, I think that will be the case. You got to get someone opposite of DJ Moore. Robbie Anderson, they paid him like that was going to be the answer. Obviously, a rule move, and I guess his name is now Chosen, whatever. Um, But he's gone. He wasn't good outside of that one year in 2020 with Teddy Bridgewater. We had the best year of his career. Shai Smith, have not seen enough out of him. Hollywood Higgins, that didn't materialize in anything. They got to get somebody else. It's Terrace as number three, and you add in a pass catching tight end, and in a true wide receiver too, maybe like a Robert Woods or someone who's a veteran. I feel good about that. Even if there's a rookie who can come out and be great immediately, I'm cool with that. I mean, Josh Downs out of North Carolina, that dude's awesome. I don't know if that's something they want to do. He's a smaller guy. Don't really care. He can ball. If they want to do that, I'm for it. I don't even know where Jackson Smith and Jigba has fallen after basically sitting out most of the season at Ohio State this past year. If he's ready to go, I'm cool with that. There are wide receivers you can find through the draft, but a veteran feels like the smartest move for the Panthers, and they could still take him in the draft because you got to earn your spot. Now, linebacker, we'll see what happens with Shaq Thompson. We did see last year Frankie Lubu come out there and look like – Man, he was shot out of cannon all the time. He was awesome. Tasmanian Devil. I think that's what they were calling him. He, he's awesome. I love what I saw from Frankie Louvu, but he might be the only linebacker on the roster in a couple weeks that you actually can trust. We don't trust Brandon Smith. At least I don't. I don't think that they're going to have Damian Wilson on the roster much longer either, and then we'll see with Shaq Thompson. Feels like he's probably gone just because of cap reasons. Maybe he finds his way back. Who knows? They need more speed at linebacker, according to Scott Pitter. They just need another linebacker, period. Because they need to have more depth at that position. And if they don't have Shaq, then absolutely they need to get another linebacker in speed. As we saw with Frankie Louvu, that is certainly something that is appetizing. Now, the most interesting thing he said about his needs, because tight end, we've talked about that. Obviously, a need. Wide receiver, adding another one, that's pretty obvious to me. Um, linebacker, probably going to be a need here shortly. Those three, not all that much of a revelation that he gave us um, on Wednesday. Now, as far as Jeremy Chin goes, there are questions of where he's going to fit in the Jero Vero scheme here in Carolina. Is he going to play closer to the line of scrimmage? Is he going to stay at safety? Scott Federer said that he maybe might add another safety if Chin ends up playing closer to the line of scrimmage in this new defense. And I brought up Jesse Bates. If you're going to go all in and try to be good this year, and I'm not saying they're going all in the Super Bowl, but if you're going to try and get another player who you can potentially pay and can play with, that position at a high level, I am all for adding Jesse Bates to this defense. We're just getting another safety who can play at a high level. That was something that really stood out to me. So we'll see. Scott Federer said, in on every deal. Might he be in on Jesse Bates here in a couple weeks' time? That remains to be seen. But a lot of good things coming out of Scott Federer's mouth on Wednesday and from Frank Reich and, again, David Tepper. He's bankrolling these dudes. He's making sure he's got the best staff possible. Now it's their job to go get him a quarterback, ensure up this roster, and let's go get that division title here in 2023.
That's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all make sure to watch the show. Subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel, and also be sure to check out the podcast free and available wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe, and follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, again, at Julian Council, where I will be back on Friday um, tomorrow answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me to participate in the weekly Friday mailbag. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding, and I'll talk to y'all on Friday. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.